Grand Rising, everyone. Natalie coming to you live. Spirit and coffee. Got my coffee here. Ah, oh, it is way, way late. Um, but again, uh, what happens is sometimes I'm on here, well, way, way late. And this morning, I was so tired. Just didn't want to get up. You know, you have those mornings where you're just like, I don't want to get out of bed. I'm exhausted. I just want to lay here. And that's what I did. And I thought, well, maybe I won't go on today. And then, of course, uh, you hear God um, say, yeah, no, you're getting on. <laughs> then I say, yes, sir, <laughs> or yes, ma'am, or sir, ma'am, or whatever. And then I just get up and do it. Okay, so here I am, I'm still doing my thing. All right, so let's get going. We have the Emerald Tablet, Alchemy for Personal Transformation. Um, great book. Highly recommend that you get it um, and read it. Um, okay, so we yesterday, of course, been talking a lot about mythology, our personal storyline, how to create our own myth, how to create our own story, um, and talking about how it really is going to take a big imagination and a lot of creativity to shift the storyline um, that we see today. Um, and we, as we can see, there's just it's weird. It's we're in the twilight zone, if you will. It's kind of how the storyline's getting played out. So we have these energies and archetypes that show up, or um, the they, they call it from the collective unconscious. They call it archetypes. That's what Jungian analysis and, and Jung called it. And so they say that these archetypes are sort of these patterns that show up. These energy patterns right now for those who are um you know like i believe in god and christ that doesn't mean you can't believe in god in christ it just means that you know there are these other energies that derive from right in other words if god is within us all well god multiplies and in different ways and these energies or these other quote-unquote gods which are small with a small g they help us to determine how to move our energy um, in this vessel. They kind of show up. So that's why we see around the world people that have similar storylines or similar um, energies within them, right? How is it that we can diagnose somebody with a specific mental illness? Well, I don't even believe in mental illness. To me, everything is about the spiritual um, and the connection between the spiritual and our mental well-being. But how is it that someone with schizophrenia here, maybe in the U.S., has schizophrenia somewhere else? What, what is, what's happening there? Is it the chemistry in the brain? Is it what is it? And or someone who has a similar um, energy, right? You're like, you remind me of that person. Your energy is kind of similar. Those energies are the are the archetypes. They show up within us, right? They have this certain resonance or residue or way of engaging or it's a personality type and so that's what we called um archetypes or that's how it's called archetypes so it's sort of that energy that exists within us that we didn't create and that was only created through what we call the collective unconscious and it's something that sort of crystallizes into a personality for us to utilize it within the storyline good morning on facebook whoever's there uh, it's Kumar. Hi, how are you? Um, so there you go. So Balinese was the third Hermes, the Hermes, uh, Balinus, the third Hermes. So the third Hermes, the thrice great Hermes, referred to in the Emerald Tablet as we know it, came as a second millennium. He is none other than 
our own Balinese, Apollonis of Tyana. Balinus discovered the tablet in a cave where it might have been hidden by Alexander the Great on his way to Mesopotamia. In any case, was uh, it was Balinus who absorbed the tablet's teachings and once again brought them to light in human consciousness. The earliest known written translation of the Emerald Tablets is an appendix of the Arabic book of the Book of Balinus, the Wise on, cause, on Causes, written around 650 CE. And probably based on Balinus Alexander's writings, another Arabic text written by the alchemist Jabbar Hayyan around 800 CE contains the copy of the Emerald Tablet and also gives Balinus as the source. Okay, so we see the arising of a new energy. Hey, Baram. So as we see, hey, Nicole, how are you? There's, there's these the energy keeps circulating, right? So they have these three Hermes, Hermes one, Hermes two, Hermes three, three times great Hermes, right? And Hermes being Thoth, the, the, it arose through Thoth, through Egyptian mythology would be Thoth, right? And Thoth gave us wisdom and, and gave us knowledge and gave us understanding of science and was all these other things and taught us certain things. So, we see these energies are starting to arise within us, right? It's a new age and a new time. Hermes, we would say, or Thoth, it could be a character that lives within you. If you're a truth seeker, right? If you're seeking out the truth um, and you're wanting to apply it to support uh, humanity, you would say that you have that energy that lives within you. So I would say, yes, I because I'm a spiritual alchemist that Thoth, the archetype lives within me. And that archetype is what's sort of helping me navigate. It's that energy. Now, not everybody has this energy in them. Okay, not everybody is communicating with this particular archetype. So if you're getting frustrated at people who are not getting it, it's because maybe perhaps that's not the energy that they hold. This type of energy, when you when you think about it, there's a, a show called American Gods. I don't know if you guys have ever watched it. Um, I like to refer to shows because there's so much symbology and so much understanding of the storyline. Um, and American Gods, right, uh, they have the character of Thoth. Now, the gods are tricky, right? Now, little G, not the god, okay? Don't hear me say that because I think people get misconstrued by this this stuff. And that's kind of why we have some religious people stay away from paganism, if you want, if you will. But there's something that could be learned within paganism. Why? Because we know that internally the energies that we hold um, are they're different, right? They're not just one thing. So we say, well, I'm going to be Christ-like. Let's say, for instance, I'm going to be Christ-like. Yeah, but you know that in the back of your mind, there's all these other voices and other personalities that come to light. So what is that? We can say that those are archetypes. We can replace the word of gods and say archetypes. And I think that that's relevant for people to at least accept that there's a pantheon of different characters and energies that show up. Um, in the collective unconscious they're here to help us along the way and and show us something 
and teach us something. Now, if we looked at it from the bigger perspective, if we looked at it from how things have been constructed here um, in our world today, we would see that these characters have a role in how we've shaped um, kind of the world that we see. Now, what energy is being called forth for us to heal what has been what has happened right we can say that the biggest uh trick has been played on us perhaps the biggest play has been played out the biggest trick has showed up and now what is it that's needed what's being called forth well hermes is one of them that energy is being called forth for us to really understand what is truth truth in for us and for ourselves. what is our authentic truth and how do we utilize that authentic truth to shape the reality around us, to create new storylines, to create new myth, new way of being in the world, new world views, new paradigms. We have to shift, shift the paradigm. And right now, people are clinging to the old paradigm in ways that are, I mean, it's becoming so weird. I keep saying it because I don't have a word for what we're seeing in the world today besides distorted and weird and convoluted. Just it's it's a weird storyline. I mean, it really does feel kind of eerie. And but when we think about it, it's like, OK, so what energy is being called forth? Now, you guys are being called forth for something. Your energy um, is being called forth and really understanding the different energies that live within you is going to help you to shape the reality, help to change the paradigm and shift it. So if you had a question about what worldviews, right, because we went into postmodern or we went into modern, postmodern, post postmodern, and um, there are different, um, you can go on and watch, you know, some YouTubes on it, like what does postmodern mean, what does post-postmodern mean, and what happened, and I can give you sort of a background of what happened, is we had this one way of seeing things, right? And hey, Kwadi, and the one way that we saw things was very, it's obviously through the patriarchy, as we know, very scientific, very left-brained, and it was fragmented. We ended up in what we call the duality. We said there's the this and the that. There's a us and there's then, and that caused the separation. So we saw things like this and we have all these paradoxes in language and we don't know how to like justify or come to terms with them, right? So as we started to move along, right, we started to look into the intuition of things because before we were looking very scientific, now we're looking at intuition. Hey, Poetic, how are you? I haven't seen you in a while. Um, hey, uh, PG man, GP man, <laughs> I said that backwards. Hilarious. That's awesome. Anyway, so as we see the we've gone from postmodern to modern and we see that one side is the left brain and we'll call that like maybe the sacred masculine and the other is the right brain, which is the sacred feminine. And when we're viewing life through just the sacred masculine, right, we end up with this very scientific, very war based type of society. When we start to add in the intuition, if we get too far to the intuition or the sacred uh, feminine, we get into chaos um, and no order. So we need sort of both. Um, so right now, the new paradigm that is arising, the new way of, of existing, and this is what scholars are writing, these, these are what people are saying, right, is that we, um, in this paradigm shift, are going into integral, which is called integral life, and there's integral life practice that you can look at where we're trying to blend the both, right, because one also says that you're responsible for everything, 
um, and that you're you're responsible for everything that shows up um, and you get to choose how to create your own life. But then sometimes if we go too far that way, then we forget that there are other people and their consequences and it may take out the morality in in what we're constructing. So we've got to recognize that, yeah, we may be responsible for our own um understanding and storyline but then there are consequences to um, maybe how that storyline is being played out so we have to take that into mind so we're integrating both we're looking at it both and we see quantum physics we see it not just in thought process but we also see it in science where science is saying oh shit well we got that wrong um, when we look at quantum physics it totally doesn't work the same way as classic physics at all and now they're going like, oh, maybe we should look to um, spiritual practices and start trying to understand it through that lens. And so they're trying to blend the two together. And of course, individuals who are stuck in the paradigm of, of the patriarchy, right, of the full on scientific left brain um, way of thinking do not want to shift because in that way of thinking in that understanding in that mindset right there's a way to control quote unquote which is not true the truth is always going to come up no matter what but there's a way to control people there's a way to to instill fear there's a way to pull you away from god pull you away from who you truly are pull you away from understanding that you are god in motion that, you know, it, it fragments it. It basically put it, what it does. Okay, so it becomes a mechanistic society, basically. And you become a machine. Well, what do we do to machines? Do we have any care for machines, really? Like, do we have, machines don't have emotion, right? When we think about robots, you know, we're like, well, they don't have emotion. We'll just, you know, if we hit them with a bat, and we, we knocked them out. Well, should we feel bad? No, they don't have consciousness. They don't have feelings. But that's how they're viewing us right now. When you look at a person through the scientific lens, when you look at an individual through this particular lens, you're saying they're a machine and they have no feelings. And you'll see in some religions that have popped up that they've tried to totally get rid of emotion completely. Okay, and I'm just going to give you a story, and this is not to make anybody right or wrong or good or bad. I don't, um, whatever you believe is what you believe. There's just a consequence to believing a specific way. That's all I'm going to say. Okay, that's my disclaimer. But here we go. Um, Scientology. Okay, um, I was in New York City with my friend, and she just happened to pass upon the Scientology building, and she really wanted to go in and see what they were about. Okay. I said, okay, fine. First thing that I noticed, right? Because what I do whenever I travel and I love to do this, and I don't know how you guys are. I'm sure Bahram, uh, Quad D, maybe P GP man, maybe poetic, not a hundred percent sure. But if you start to go, and when I start to go into these buildings, the first thing I do is look at the symbols. What symbols are, 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 you know, this particular religion, what are they representing? Because the symbology is really the foundation for the language that they use and the way that they think. Symbols are the first thing, right? Now, when I went to their place, it was just an upward-facing pyramid. Upward-facing pyramid, right, is a depiction of the sacred masculine. Okay, cool. But then where is the downward-facing pyramid? Gone. Not there. Non-existent. So I was like, okay, so they don't honor the sacred feminine. 
Well, to me, the first thing in my mind is like, okay, so they don't value intuition, emotion, and all that. Well, I go in, of course, and it's called Scientology, right? Meaning left brain completely. So I go in and the guy, the first thing he does is say, oh, hi, welcome, you know, and da, da, da. Um, now, it wasn't that they were saying get rid of emotion completely. What they were saying is get rid of the dark emotions, the shadow emotions, the ones that are no good. And they, they swore they could do this, right? That Scientology teaches you to get rid of those things. And I said, wow, we need those things. What the heck are we getting rid of them for, right? I'm a spiritual alchemist. I use everything. In fact, there are some dark emotions I absolutely love. I've learned to love them because they've actually ignited the, um, the energy within me. Okay? So the energy within me being that like rejection helps me to elevate myself into accepting my own self, accepting who I am as a person. I need that rejection so that I, so it's almost like you feed off that darkness to help to um, give you inspiration. It jolts you into those things if you know how to do it right. Okay. And that's part of alchemy. So anywho. The guy was just like, so he got mad at us because my friend's a life coach, right? And 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 so am I, and I, I'm a spiritual alchemist, right? So he tells us, yeah, we can get rid of all these negative emotions. I go, wow, so you don't have any negative emotions like at all? Like you don't get angry? And he's like, well, no. And I'm like, and you don't get sad? So then like, what happens? Like, do you have kids? Yeah, well, what happens if your kid was to pass away? Like, you just don't, like, you're just happy and you celebrate it. And so we just started asking him all these questions. Well, at the end of it, he got mad. <laughs> and I said, oh, well, I thought you didn't get upset. So are you upset? And then, so anyway, we were just, well, we probably shouldn't have been so, so <laughs> we were just being little brats. I, I'll tell you that I can be a little brat sometimes. And, um, he ended up walking away from us and said, okay, well, you guys have a great day. Um, I'm going to go get somebody else to help you out. <laughs> but their whole entire thought process was, let's get rid of these very important emotions. Well, really, they don't get rid of them. They just stuff them down and act as, they, as, the, as though they don't exist. And they do. That's just not reality. That's, now we're just lying to ourselves. Really, you're never going to get mad. You know the difference, be and I've said this trillions of times, the difference between um, someone who's new to this and a master or um, if you want to say a bodhisattva or if you want to say a, a Christ-like mind is not that they don't get angry. It's that they transmute the energy faster. That's it. It's still there. You know, if you go back in, you think Christ, okay, so the storyline of Christ, he when he had nails put in him, you think that that shit didn't hurt? Yeah, right. <laughs> He's human flesh. He might have learned how to breathe through it and overcome it, right? And work with it. But it was still there. The suffering pain was still there. It didn't say that he didn't suffer. It said he suffered a great deal. Okay, same with, with us. We do have suffering. We just transmute the energy faster, and we do it so fast that it almost doesn't even exist. It seems like it doesn't exist. So that's a practice that we do. But um, but when we're looking at the paradigm and we see that, that's what's happening. So atheist, um, nothing wrong with being an atheist, but they're so far removed from emotion, right, that they're just not honoring that part of themselves. 
they can become very closed off and then there's no really creativity. There's no new way of thinking within um, that thought, that mind or that frame of reference or that perspective or that lens that we're looking at. So when you start to look at the other lens, right, of creativity, um, when we start to look at the imaginal world, now we know that the imaginal world's not real, Right. Sometimes we talk about fantasy and we know that it's fantasy, but some people, here's the deal, go too far to that part. Right. Which is a sacred feminine. And they get so lost in this imaginary fantasy world that they forget what reality is. So that's not good either, because now we have this storyline that's we're making up this false storyline that's not real. And really what ends up happening is we end up with um, narcissistic behavior because they're living in this romantic fantasy that's not real. And sometimes they believe it to be real so much that they can't be wrong. And we're like, no, these are the facts. You're not looking at the facts. So how do we bridge the two? Well, we're at a place right now where we're bridging the two together. We're asking, how do we how do we take what is the imagination? How do we take these symbols or these archetypes or these energy potentials that are showing up within us? And how do we create and shape and mold them into the how do we relate to them in the material world? Basically, how do we utilize that energy through the material world? OK, um, so let's see here. Science will try to convince you that God doesn't exist. Yes, that's one. But now they, they're changing it. Notice that science is changing. That's what I'm trying to say. Now science is saying, well, uh, they're trying to say through quantum physics, well, they can't. So now they're looking into the to the different religions and the different spiritual places, and they're trying to bridge the gap between the two. Because religion will say science. So that was the great, big, big ahas. They split the two. They split the sacred and feminine into two different fragments. And you were either a scientist or you were religious. But you couldn't rectify the two, right? It was like, uh, now what do we do? Because religion wouldn't know science is not God. And then science would say, well, there is no God in science. Well, the reality is God is everything. Okay, duh. How could it not be? Now, God, use, that's a very general term, God. Okay, I use it. It's very general. And by God, do I no means mean a specific religion, right? I'm talking universe. I'm talking the grand, if you want creator, or, or even if it's not the creator, the I, I am that I am. Like, we don't know what it, I can't say I know what it is exactly. I just know that we are a part of it. We're in it. We are it. <laughs> we are the result of it. So, Okay, so let's see. I haven't traveled since learning symbolism, but I'm dying to go out there if I ever get to travel again. Yes, you can also in your own community do it. Just start noticing the buildings. Start noticing. I'm sure there's lodges out there. I'm sure there was orders out there where you can start looking at the symbology, which is pretty crazy. And you start to see it. And then, of course, we see it in, and this is why I like to talk about movies. They put it in movies. They put it everywhere. The symbols are everywhere, right? And when we start to understand symbology and we start to understand what it is they're trying to tell us, some of it is used for dark magic. It is. It is. And some is used for light. And so we can discern between what is what is dark and what is light. And then we can say, oh, okay, I choose not to watch this because I know it's just trying to program some dark stuff that I'm not really interested in, right? Right. 
or we can start looking at it and depicting it apart and we can tell where the darkness is trying to go or what what reality it's trying to bend so symbology does create that way so looking at symbology so i've gone to every time i go to and when every time i travel that's the first thing i do is look for symbols everywhere all right i'm the weirdo well everybody i was in um i was telling my friend about nashville i went to nashville and while everybody's partying i'm over there walking around looking at these old mason buildings and the symbols and you know by myself just out there doing my thing <laughs> And, and starting to understand and symbols will help us to have epiphanies, right? They kind of like open up our eyes and we're like, ah, oh, shit, that's how that's connected. I get it. Boom. You just kind of wake up to something and you're like, oh, now I see how that works, right? But he got angry at you. Uh, yeah, he did get angry, which is funny, right? Keep poking the bear. <laughs> energy in motion. Yes, emotion. Yes, energy in motion. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> okay, let me see what else you guys are saying. We human and we don't really choose our emotions and how we feel, but something. Um, there's a dancing Shiva at the... Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. And Shiva is... Um, I think there's... Is CERN? Does CERN have a thing of Shiva? I think it's Shiva as well. By God, do you mean Dave? <laughs> Quad D. Yeah. Shiva is standing on the naked, uh, standing on a naked infant. Okay. I think it's Shiva. It's not Kali. It's Shiva, I think, is at CERN as well. Remind me of Shiva if you know the myth behind it. I think Shiva is the destroyer and the creator. I know Kali does that, but I can't remember if that was Shiva. I think Shiva does the same thing. Okay, remind me of my my uh, Indian mythology because it's slipping my mind right now. I do know that CERN has um, that uh, Shiva or, yeah, I think it is Shiva um, at the front of their building because Shiva is the great creator and great destroyer and they didn't know what they were going to do with the particle accelerator, those crazy people. Who knows what happened? I think that's what folded time and created distortions as well. Notice that time... Um, it's funny because I'm doing a lot of, I'm doing these um, workshops on time because time is critical in this as well. Yeah, Shiva Destroyer at CERN. Okay, good. Thank you for, for that. I thought so, but I was like, mm, slipping my mind a little bit there. Okay, we might learn much later. Yeah, so, and that's the thing. So time has become a big thing. So now we're looking at, um, and I'll tell you how time makes sense in what I'm talking about. I know I, it seems like I'm going all over the place. Trust me, it's all interconnected. It's really hard to explain it all because everything connects together like a web. Okay, so time, how does time play out in the storyline? Now, time is critical. Time is a critical piece to understand for you to recreate the new world, to help shape the new world, to help shape the new paradigm, to help people to uh, rise in consciousness. So as you're doing your work, you guys are going to go out and do your your sacred work and your medicine and give to people the way you give to people. Right. You all have this beautiful gift you're giving and, and working with. So time is a critical thing to sort of focus on. Why? Because time literally got disconnected from the storyline as well. Time went to science and science 
uh, use time in classic physics, right? And time ended up becoming how do we, you know, travel here? Or what What's the speed of light? How do we create? So time helped us create all these technological advances. Um, it helped us to sort of understand how the world, it works and all this stuff, right? So they started using the time as one of them, right? We can't take time away from space. Um, and, you know, Einstein started to look at time and say, oh, well, we're sort of like bending the this this loop kind of um, I don't know how to explain it, but you guys know what I'm talking about, where it's like the world is kind of like in this um, bending of time in some ways. And it's and it's linear. So we know that time is linear when it comes to classic physics. Right. It's tr now here's the deal. When we start to look at time in quantum physics, a totally different story. <laughs> there is no time, right? It's almost like there's none. So they're trying to understand time. Now, time becomes the big issue. And this is one of the issues that uh, created the, the difference between classic physics and quantum physics, because they're like, well, now how do we account for, how do we calculate time in quantum physics? It doesn't really work. It's it, the same thing doesn't work. So now they don't have a complete model of the universe. And then, of course, you have all these people who are trying to say, well, here's how the universe works, the theory of everything, string theory. All these theories came out, again, theory, you guys, not fact, theory, um, because we don't really, we can't really see how it works. Well, now we know that we're going too far into the quantum realm and we don't really understand it. So time is a, a critical thing. Now, here's the deal with you. And this is this is sort of my quote unquote theory. <laughs> no, it is a theory um, is that we in our waking world are experiencing what we call linear time. OK, when we're awake, when we're up, there's linear time. Now, that is not to say that quantum time doesn't exist or no time doesn't exist. Right. We can say time doesn't even exist. But in our waking world, it does. Right. And it's linear. OK, in our sleeping world. When we sleep, I call that the quantum world. Notice your dreams um, when you have them are very just what the hell is happening, right? You're going from one scene to the next. There's no time in between things. You can be five one second and 100 years old the next. You could be in one place and all places at once. And in fact, you are because you're creating that entire world that you're seeing in your dream. Okay. So when we look at the quantum world, when we look at start to understand, rectify, well, okay, how do we bridge time within this integral space? How do we re reconnect time? Because right now it's fragmented, right? It's, it's either linear or it's in the quantum world. And we're like, well, how do we do that? We're like, well, we can walk through walls. Okay, factually try it and see what the hell happens to you. <laughs> Let me tell you, I have tried to walk through walls, okay? Not necessarily there yet. We're too dense, right? We have too much, we're too dense um, to do it. Is it possible? Yes. Is it probable? No. Wait, do I have that backwards? Yeah, I think I have, maybe it's backwards, I think. <laughs> so I need my 4D body, absolutely. But so now we're looking at this thing where we're going, okay, now we're talking sci-fi stuff, right? Where it seems like it's impossible, but we are trying to figure out how to um, rectify the quantum and the classic and time is the key, okay, time. Now, I want to relate this into popular culture right now. 
they know the storylines. They know where they're headed. If you understand spiritual alchemy, you'll know where we're headed. Time. All right. There's the end of times. And when I, I remember about three years ago and four years ago, it was like end of times. It just clicked. I had the epiphany. I was like, oh, it's not that time's ending. Right. It's just that we're recognizing time doesn't exist, really that it's a construct of something else that we're viewing. So it's the end of time as we know it. Time will change. Okay. Our views of time are changing. In fact, we have tons and tons. You can read. There's books. I was reading this book on physics and time, and it was very dry, but very good. I like dry stuff sometimes. And the guy was trying to say how there is no time. And he was a, he's a physicist. It's, it, it's a book that nobody's going to read, really. I mean, it, very few people are going to read it because it's not just a popular book, right? It's a book that physicists would read. And then they would peer review it and say he's crazy or whatever. <laughs> so I'm reading this book, Time and Physics, and I can give you guys the name if you're ever interested in it. And I even emailed the professor, but he, of course, he never got back to me. So whatever, because I had a question about time. And so to him, so time, if we look at it, it's if we looked at it from the 3D lens, we see that it's like uh, snapshots of time, right? Like time's happening in snapshots. Like we, it's just happening as snapshots, moments in time, but they're, they're fleeting and they come and they go. And if we sped it up and we, this happens in Lucy. So if you watch the movie Lucy, you'll understand what I'm talking about. It's easier in that way. If we see it in reels and if we speed up time, it disappears. Everything disappears. There's nothing there. So we have to be dense and slow things down in order to see what's there. Okay. Speed up time, things disappear. Notice that if you look at a fan that's going really, really, really fast, sometimes it just disappears, right? You can't even really see it. It started message, message, messes into one. Meshes. Oof, I can't talk. So time itself is an interesting thing. Now, how do we apply this to our life? Okay, how do we look at time for our life and what does it mean? Well, we have to value time first and we have to understand how to value it. Then we can start to use it and we have to understand what it is. Time always goes fast. Lucy was a fascinating movie. One day you're graduating high school. The next, you know, you're a grandparent. Time flies into it totally, right? See, and it's funny because we have all these, these um, quotes about time. Look at Alice through the looking glass. That's a, that's a great movie about time, actually. Now, why is popular culture constantly talking about time? Everything is about time travel. Notice uh, they talk about Baron, right? Baron Trump, and he's the time traveler, and the Trumps know how to travel through time. And, you know, they're talking about all these things. Now we have, I'm starting to watch the Umbrella Academy, and of course, they screw up the timeline. Everything is time, time, time. Why? Why? Start looking at it. Why don't time slow uh, go slow? Okay, here's a good thing. And here's, this is a parable that was given by a monk, okay? The less time you have, the more time you meditate. And it sounds ass backwards, right? You're like, what? Here's the deal, okay? The deal is that we speed up time. We have the ability to speed and slow time. Now, to stop time... Maybe, but that would take a very lot of, uh, trust me, you're not going to just do it overnight. 
it's going to take a lot, a lot, a lot of work. How do we do this? So part of it is what I'm doing is I'm, t I'm teaching courses on time. That's what I'm doing right now. So that people understand what time is really. Now, the first courses that I'm teaching, well, the workshops, they're like basic entry stuff because you have to understand the foundation before you can start getting into these deeper understandings of time and how do we utilize time and create new storylines and new timelines and all this crap. How do we, tra how do we travel uh, to fifth dimensional for the, all that? You know, people are wanting to know this stuff. Um, is it possible? Yes. Time has always been a big thing for us. We're, right now, we are experiencing time linear and very slow. slower. We think it's speeding up, but we're experiencing it pretty slow because we're dense. Okay. Remember, you have to be matter and slow down in order to experience time. If you speed up, you'll, you won't exist. That's, you, that's what happens. You disappear. Okay. It's like when I'm at work starting next time, you already finished. I know. that. So again... Time is starting to fly, right? We see time fly. And isn't it interesting? So time is relative. We know that as well. Notice when you were a, ch a child. And for instance, when I would go, we would go on these road trips and oh my God, it seemed like a hundred years. I'm like, are we going to get there ever? It seemed like we were driving for 50 million years. <laughs> That's a little dramatic, but I'm like, oh my God, are we ever going to get there? It seemed like we we're going and going and going. Today, if I did that same route and I go to those same places, it's like that wasn't far at all. But to me, it took forever when I was young. I had no concept really of time when I was young, right? I, I mean, you don't truly have a full concept of really what time is, right? And concepts of other things, but time, not necessarily. It was like, how do we slow it down? How do we speed it up? Okay, so time is where I would urge you to look. It's also related to deja vu. Yes. Tell me how you, um, from your thought process, um, what you're saying. Dig a little deeper into that one. Time loops. We can say it's time loops. So the big thing was the mandala effect, right, that we started to talk about here in 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 the world. Well, people started saying, well, there's the mandala effect. I remember when this was this, did we go through some kind of time warp? Are we in a different dimension? What's going on? There's this, there's that, you know, people were starting, are starting to freak out. Some people have these beliefs, right? That we went through this, um, time warp. Then we came back to, to regular time and we ended up in this weird distorted thing. You know, the, the reality is, do we truly fully know? No, we can't say we know. I don't know anything and everything's possible, right? In alchemy, we kind of look at it all. We do take account of what's factual. Factually, we know that CERN went and did this particle accelerator. Factually, we know that they put the statue of Shiva there. Factually, we know that Shiva is the destroyer and the creator. Factually, we do know that they can, they can sort of screw up. We don't know what they can screw up, really. They don't know what they can screw up, really. Um, they had to, I believe, um, accelerate the particles faster than light, if I'm correct, um, in order to find the God particle, the boson, the Higgins, Bose Higgins, whatever particle that attracts matter to make things dense. 
Um, they found it. Yay, they're happy. But God knows what the hell happened. We don't know. You don't know what the consequences are. And they don't know what the consequences are. Um, why Shiva? Why they put Shiva in the front, right? So those are the questions we start to ask ourselves. Well, what do we know about Shiva? What do we know about CERN? What do we know about um, the creation of that? What they're trying to do? So those questions, and we can start to formulate an idea of what, why, and for what purpose. Then we can start to look at what does the research say about these things and then understand, oh, okay. And then we look up the words and the etymology and what it is. And we start to see this storyline that's getting played out that, yeah, it's been the same storyline in the past. And you just see it. It just unfolds. And you're like, whoa, well, there you go. <laughs> okay, so time is critical. Time is important. It's important to understand. Understand it in your work. Start, you know, for those who are doing research, um, research time. Start reading about it. Start looking into it. Start understanding how it works. Um, you know, I'm doing courses. I'm doing classes. You can go to Spirit and Coffee Talk. And I'm doing a Time, the Golden Currency. Um, and it's just a short, like, two-hour workshop. And I'm just going to keep doing these, right, um, until we get to the bigger part of how time works and how we can start to free up our time and create time. We can create time. Notice Dr. Strange. He's about time. So you just they're giving us clues or telling us what's going on. Well, how are they playing with the timeline? What are they doing with the timeline? Why are they saying that people can travel through time? Is it true? Is it not true? How do we utilize it for our own practices and understanding because it's a big part of the storyline and how things are getting shaped and in order for us to create a new world or a world that exists in harmony we need to understand time you gotta understand time average american sleeps a third of their life scary it's good. Sleeping is actually good. I had um, I had a my professor come on here who does dreams. She's a dream, and I love you know I dream every night. I have to get my really good rest. Um, and let me tell you why our brain processes at night. We have to let our brain process um the things. And sometimes our dream life, if you dream and remember your dreams, everybody dreams. But if you have dream recall, um, those recalls, we've probably lived 50 lifetimes in one dream. Like there's no way I can analyze. I could probably analyze my own personal waking life. But if I try to do that with my dreams, there's no way I could take one dream and analyze it for the rest of my life and still not get all of the meaning out of it because we're tapping into when we dream we're tapping into what i call the quantum or the collective unconscious if you will or we're tapping into the greater patterning and stories that's the closest thing to our subconscious mind we when we dream we're closer to who we are than when we're awake see because everything that's arising in our dream world is from us we're creating it we're like in our dreams, we are the creators. Do you all write down what you dream about? Um, I, uh, yeah, and we can ask that to anybody if they write down their dreams. I tried to, um, and it was way too much. Like, I was like, I told, because my for one of my um, classes, it was dreams, archetype, mythology. And 
we have to do a dream journal and then consciousness of dreams. And let me tell you what, I couldn't, I was like, you know what, I'll be here writing for the rest of my life. I don't have enough time in the day to write all my dreams. So I just wrote what I could. Now I'll tell you this. I had the craziest dream last night or a couple nights ago that I did write down because I'm taking uh, archetypal mythology right now is one of my classes. Archetypal mythology, um, uh, they want us to keep a journal. And I said, fine, I'll start keeping a journal. And I started to keep a journal, not just on my dreams, but how these archetypes are showing up in my life and all that kind of stuff, kind of working with these energies that show up. Okay. So also our dreams are impacted by the things that we watch, things that we see in our waking life. Well, I'm watching the Umbrella Academy came okay? and the Umbrella, if you haven't watched it, um, the Umbrella Academy, there's an old man who takes these kids who have gifts and he wasn't the nicest person. They call him dad because he was their dad, but he wasn't nice. He wasn't very um, good to them, right? Anywho, so they live in this house that kind of looks like a warehouse. Well, I had a dream that I was going into this warehouse um, and I almost look like Meow Wolf. If you guys don't know what Meow Wolf is, look it up. It's in New Mexico. Albuquerque was the start of it, Santa Fe. Um, and they have one in Vegas now. It's So Meow Wolf is like this, um, a bunch of artists came and they did sort of like this distorted storyline. It's like, I don't know, it's cool shit. Um, just go look it up. Okay, it's called Meow Wolf. And they have these these rooms. Now, in the dream, I was in sort of this warehouse where it was like Meow Wolf. Okay. And, and they had these different rooms and there was an older man and the gentleman was like the guy in the umbrella Academy. So he, you know, he makes an entrance into my dream and I said, okay, cool. And he tells me, go to the statue, um, this big, it's a child's head and it, it's, uh, it's gray, but there's secrets in there. So you're supposed to find these secret things within this warehouse. Right. And so I, I say, okay, good. So I start walking and I'm looking, I don't see, I don't see. And finally I find it. And it is, it's this like statue child head and it's gray and it doesn't have hair. And something tells me that I need to tap in three places on its forehead above the third eye on the third eye and below. And so I keep trying to tap and then I go tap, tap, tap. And then finally I tap and then it opens up. And as it opens up inside, there's these jewels and right at the center, um, there's a Buddha and it's like the Buddha mind. And it says that a voice comes on the intercom and says the Buddha mind. And there's a, a little thing of Buddha. So it's kind of, so it opens up and there you go. And then there's all these jewels. Well, I saw this bracelet that was in there and these rings and I don't know. And I was like, oh, I'm going to borrow it and put it on for now. But I wasn't supposed to do that. Um, and he realizes that the jewelry's been taken or whatever. And I'm going to tell him like, hey, I'm just borrowing for now. I'm going to put it back. Um, and then so I go to where the statue head is and now it's gone and what's there is a diamond and it's like a machine that holds this diamond and they're looking to see if this diamond is real. Okay. They, it, they want to make sure that the diamond wasn't taken and that was the Buddha. So all of a sudden the Buddha turns into the diamond and they're trying to authenticate that this diamond is real and that it wasn't stolen. So that was the dream. Okay. And there's more to the dream, right? But that was the dream. And it probably, it was pretty interesting. It was very profound and it was also very vivid. I can still see it, right? I can still walk through that dream and see every part of it. Um, so we have these dreams, but what does it mean? Now the anal analyzing it, 
because it came from me. It came from you. When you dream, that's you. So the sleeping world is critical for our understanding of the waking world and how to bridge the two. We don't want to just dismiss it and throw it out. Remember, alchemy uses every single part of us. There's nothing gets left out. Nothing. Not a one thing gets left out. Even the murky of the murky. We use it all. And there's a reason why. Because it's all you. Your, your, your vessel, the, the vessel that you hold and everything that's in it and everything that's you is a small, this, this universe. It's a, it's universe. You use it all. If we start to dismiss one part of it, it starts to crumble and fall apart. So notice people that don't sleep well. In their waking world, they suffer quite a bit. And I feel bad for those individuals. So sleeping isn't a bad thing, but using it, how do we use it? Okay, how do we utilize it? And you can through your dreams, okay? Um, it's believed that if possible to rotate around black hole more than light seed, we can attain time travel. Okay, I do that um, when they're weird, it works. Wow, nickname, oh wow, okay, show. Sometimes dreams are wishes we want. Could be, absolutely. Um, they could be also um, hidden um, things in the subconscious mind that we're just tucking away and don't want to deal with either. So that happens as well. So it could be a bunch of different things, right? Um, so again, dreams, important, time, important. Looking at those two two things, looking at all of it and understanding that these are going to help us to recreate, reshape the world that we see around us. Okay. The imaginal, we need creativity and imagination right now to help us reshape the storyline. There's not much imagination happening in the storyline. It's kind of weird. Or if the imagination's coming out, it's, it's really, really quite weird and eerie in some ways. <laughs> it's almost like what I see happening. And I think that this is part of it. Okay. Is that when we look at how the digital world works, right? If we were to upload our consciousness into the digital world, we would not know what the hell we're looking at. It would be so convoluted and weird to us right now. There is a another dimension floating around and that's cyberspace, right? Cyberspace. It's called cyber space. There's, but we can't see it, but it's happening. All of this, even me, as I'm talking here and it's getting out to you, something's happening in between. There's all these codes and messages that are happening along the wavelengths of, of what? We can't see it. We can't see the word traveling from one place to the other, but it's happening so quickly, right? And you're seeing it and it's through technology. I mean, it's quite interesting. So it would be distorted, distorted and weird. And we probably wouldn't even know how to talk to it because we don't understand that language, right? We don't understand the language of, of technology. They're starting to create their own language. That's a whole other story. But basically, we are starting to see what cyberspace looks like in the waking world. And it's pretty eerie and weird. That's all I'm going to say. I'll just put it there. You can look at shows and stuff. I don't know what happened the other day. And I can't even remember where I was. I think it was at work. Um, and uh, 
one of the TV, we have TVs, like I told you guys, and the TV was on, and all of a sudden it was this weird show where they have these cyber people singing. I don't know what it is, okay? I just turned it off. It gave me the creepy GVs, and I was like, I don't know. I don't, I'm not, I'm not going to ascribe to that particular worldview. I believe that nature, natural law is where I want to go. Now, people can go into the technical era. That's cool. Um, if that's what they choose, I believe that's reincarnation. That's a whole other theory that I have, which is fine. Nothing right, wrong, good or bad. But the, the storyline of that is really distorted and it's very left brained. Um, and it's trying to figure out the imagination and become imaginal. And then, well, I don't know, we'll see what happens. Perhaps consciousness will arise within uh, cyberspace one day. I don't know. Right now, it's very unconscious, right? We have to program it. It doesn't have its own consciousness. It can't create its own ego at this point. So, um, interesting. Anywho, time, really important. Yes, dreams are a critical part of that um, and understanding that. And so, um, I've given you guys a lot of content, um, but I would say the biggest one is time. Understand time. If you guys want to... Um, be on the workshop, go to Spirit and Coffee Talk. You'll see um, my Facebook. I There is an event, but it is going to be through Zoom um, on the 20th of October. Um, and it's time and it's going to be at 5, I think 5.30 Mountain Standard Time. Um, and yeah, and we're going to be talking about time as the golden currency and starting to really work with it. Um, so there you have it. All right. Um, also, oh yes. Also, we will be doing a retreat, um, uh, spiritual alchemy retreat. Um, again, if you want to go to my Instagram as well. Um, and then also, oh yes. And also Baram, sorry, I didn't do a shout out to you guys, uh, to you, which I'd love to do. Um, Baram does have his show that he's doing. Um, he asked me to be a part of it. So I did, uh, an, um, podcast with him, but he has other podcasts and, um, his stuff is, you know, all the conspiracies that are going on in the world, um, truth seeking, I would say, and, you know, getting to the bottom of what's kind of going on and waking people up, um, through that means. So, uh, you know, go check him out and see what he's up to. Um, and, uh, poetic, if she's still on here, she's still doing card readings, I believe. Um, and, um, she she does cards all the time so follow her as well um and i think all of us uh can start to support one another right that's what we're here to do the more that we support each other the harder it is for them to break us down so we lock arms and and continue to wake up the consciousness of individuals so that they can remember who they are okay so um yes of course poetic so, and you guys are always welcome when you get on here. You don't even have to ask permission just to drop your information and ask people to follow you because we're all working our own unique, um, you know, our own unique way. And everybody has, you know, different medicine to offer and different ways of seeing things. And so, um, and that's good. It's important. We need more of that. Literally more of that. Um, the retreats coming out. Um, it's going to be in January. It's going to be, we're going to have eight presenters over four weeks. I'm asking uh, one of my professors to do uh, either dreams or archetypal stuff. We haven't decided. Hopefully she will come on. Um, and so again, it's an alchemy event. And in the future, I just want to say this as well, is that we'll be looking for other presenters to come on. Okay. 
And so uh, we, you know, we're going to have, we have every, all the presenters filled, but if there are something that you want to present that has to do with spiritual alchemy um, and then you guys are welcome to, to come and talk to me and we can see about you uh, doing a workshop as well um, when we start doing these more and more and more. So we grow a community of individuals. You guys are all welcome to be a part of that as well. Awesome. So there you have it. Have a fantastical day. Uh, Thursday, obviously, I don't get on tomorrow because I work. Tomorrow it's the only day I work. And I work at a gym because I want my membership for free. So there you go. Woo! All works out. Okay. <laughs> so I love you guys. Have a fantastical day. And I will be seeing you guys on Monday. Bye.